So let's open in prayer. Father, I thank you for these men. I thank you that I can share with them what you are doing. And I thank you that you are good. God, you are awesome. You have plans for us, plans to give us a hope and a future. Lord, you have created this world and opened the door for us to step from here into eternity to things that are all good, Lord. Pray that you would help us as we, uh, as we sing this morning to see all that you are, Lord, and that we would open our hearts to real obedience, Lord, to what, what obedience really looks like. Just uh, walk with us now. Uh, open our hearts to praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So with that, uh, I do want to sing. And I want to sing some good songs. So I want to praise God. It's on you. Jefferson, you got it? So specific. <clears throat> we give glory to the law he I will never be a loser. I say I'm a winner. I will never be a loser. I say I'm a winner. I will never be a loser. 
you very much. It uh, it is tough life sometimes, mm -hmm. but you know what? It's worth it walking with God. I uh, I spend a lot of time in prayer this weekend, praying for my son. Uh, it's tough to be here when he's hurting. So, when I was reading this morning, I was list looking at it from that perspective. Every time you go through the, the Word, things change. Your life is changing, and God's Word is living and active, and it can address the issues that you're dealing with. So in my prayer time this morning, I was going through this, and I I look at Ananias. That's who we're going to read about this morning. Saul, remember Saul was going to Damascus, got blinded. The Lord knocked him off the donkey, onto the ground, face down. He gets up, he can't see, goes into Damascus, and... Uh, Goes to a house there and stays there. Fast for three days. No no water. No food. He is uh, seriously trying to figure things out. And today we start off in, in Acts uh, chapter 9. Uh, start in verse 9, but I think I'm going to read it, uh, 8 also. Talking about who comes to help him. And Ananias had a tough job to do. He had to obey. So we're looking at the anatomy of obedience. You know what anatomy is? Anatomy is, you know, like, this is my anatomy, my arms, my legs. What makes up who I am, right? Anatomy is what makes up me. Anatomy of obedience is what makes up obedience what obedience looks like. So I wanted to look at it from that standpoint because we watched somebody do some obedience this morning that's, that's very difficult. You, you'll see him hearing. And hearing is an active thing. Hearing is not just the sound hitting your eardrums, but you're processing it in your brain. You've got to do something. Hearing is active listening looking for a sound, looking for a specific thing to do out of what you're hearing, right? So it's not just, it's not just the, the act of hearing, but it's the act of doing something about it, of, of looking for it to be there. I guess I'm, I'm thinking that when I was out a kid out playing, I would uh, know that dinner time was coming and so I had my ear tuned for my mom to call because it would be dinner time and she would call. And we would be playing a long ways away. But my ear was tuned. I was hearing her voice. I could hear a lot of other things, but if I heard my mom's voice, I knew, up oh, time to go in for dinner. So I was, I was listening. I was listening actively because I knew there was going to be a call. That's what we need to do with God. We need to be actively listening, knowing there's going to be a call, knowing that He's going to communicate with us. So you have to be hearing, and then you have to be honest with God, because God already knows your heart. 
and, and he's looking for you to be real with yourself because our hearts are deceitful above all things and we'll deceive ourselves and we'll go off and do things and justify them. But God wants us to be honest with ourselves. He doesn't need us to be honest with him. He knows us, but he wants us to be honest to him so that we are being real. And then we have to be humble because our self wants us to, to do the thing that it wants to do. And we have to humbly submit and surrender our will and our fears to God. Fears are a big thing. A lot of the things that we do are based on fear. Fear of losing something. Fear of being hurt. Fear of all the things that we fear. Someone not liking us. And we can't be doing those things. We can't be allowing fear and the things that motivate us to, do, to change our direction. We have to humbly let go of those things and submit, and then we have to act. We have to heed. I said hearing and heeding uh, on, on Saturday. I'm adding to that honesty and humility. God uses imperfect people. All these things are things that we have to implement because we don't do them naturally. He could do all the stuff that he does here in Acts, and he could do all the stuff that he's doing here in Manga without us. God could build this building. And if God were doing it, it would be perfect, right? But he calls us and brings us in and uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect means. End. So, you want to make a difference in eternity? Practice obedience. Work on real obedience. So let's read Acts chapter 9, verses uh, 8 through, uh, let's go through 19 here. Oh, I'm going to start in verse 9, sorry. Acts chapter 9, verse 9. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. This is Saul. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately 
Something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. Ananias had a tough job to do. From his perspective, he was going to the guy who was sent to kill him. See, Ananias was a leader in the church. And what was Saul coming for? Saul was coming to, to kill, to arrest or kill the leaders of the church. So he was coming specifically to arrest Ananias. And Ananias knew that. That's a pretty tough call for God to say, go and right, voluntarily walk up to this guy and minister to him, help him out. That's not where I'd want to be. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, a leader in the church, I'm telling you. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and Ananias said, I'm not listening. He didn't do that, right? He said, here, I, here am I, Lord. Now, he didn't know what the assignment was yet, but first of all, he was hearing. He was looking for God's direction. He was aware of it. When it came in, it didn't get lost in the noise. Another, another thing that I <laughs> think... <laughs> we, we can turn the phones off. I, another thing I think of... Uh, about listening is little kids in the nursery. Yeah, we have, and when we go to church in, in America, they bring all the kids to one little room uh, and, and all the kids will be running around and they'll all be yelling and crying, blah, and then one of them will start crying and a mom standing out here talking to her friends, boom, she'll hear it and she'll know, that's my kid crying, right? There's 30 kids in there. There's probably eight or nine of them that are already crying. But when her kid starts crying, she can hear them, right? She recognizes her kid's voice. And we want to recognize God. God does not speak audibly all the time. He does sometimes. But he's, he communicates to us, and we want to be able to recognize that. Ananias heard God. That's the first point I got. He heard him. Are you listening for and able to recognize God's voice in your life? It's a proactive thing. You've got to be looking for and listening for God's input. Hearing is active listening. There are several examples in the Bible of this exact same phrase. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham! And Abraham said, here I am. Genesis chapter 31, verse 11, Jacob. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob. And I said, here I am. He's available. He's listening. He's responding. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. 
This, these are words of obedience, guys. Samuel, 1 Samuel 3, 4. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel said, Here I am. It's tough. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's hard. But here I am. Acts chapter 9, verse 11. And the Lord said to him, Rise, speaking to Ananias, and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Why does God do that? Why does God have Ananias go and lay his hands on, on Saul? First of all, he tells him that there's a man named Ananias going to come. Second of all, he has him go and lay his hands on him because God made us to be interactive, to have relationships, to get to know people, to walk with them, to share our lives with them. He made us to do that so we would be relational. We'd have relationship. And he wants us to have a relationship with him just like that. He created us that way. And so when he's interacting with us, he sets it up so that we are interacting with each other. This is what we're called to do. And I'm grateful that I've been given the opportunity to work with you guys and interact with you and be real with you. There are things that are challenging and we, we share those so we can encourage one another. Acts chapter 9, verse 13. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard how many uh, from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Ananias was just being frank with God. He was being honest. I'm scared. This guy's going to kill me. You know what? That's healthy. It's healthy to be honest. If we hide everything all the time, then we're, we're putting on a facade. We're not being real. We need to be honest. We need to be real about what, what challenges us, what scares us, what hurts us. In that honesty, then, we will break free from the fake, from the lie. Because God is not the author of lies, is he? Satan is the author of lies. And if we're living a lie, we're living for Satan. Don't live a lie. Be honest. Be honest with God, but be honest with each other about who you are, where you're at, what scares you, what hurts you. Be honest. You don't have to be honest to everybody. I'm being pretty frank with a whole bunch of you. But you should find a few people at least to be honest with, to be open with, to be frank with. Because this is what God has created us for in relationships. 
And that makes for healthy relationships. Acts chapter 9, verse 15, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. You know, sometimes God accommodates people's fears and doubts. I think of Gideon. Gideon, God said, go. And Gideon said, yeah, is this really you? I want to throw out a little fleece. I want that fleece to be wet. I want the ground to be dry. I want the ground to be wet. I want the fleece to be dry. Uh, I want them both to be wet. And I want to take a shower. I mean, he kept throwing things out to God. And God accommodated that, right? But with Ananias, God says, no, go. So sometimes God gives in to our fears a little bit, works with our fears a little bit, and sometimes he just says, go, be obedient. And I think quite often, the more mature we are, the harder he makes the challenge, the less he is soft on us. He, he pushes us a little harder. You know, that's that's good because that grows us. It's just like when uh, I used to work, work out, we'd bench press. When I first started off, I'd go, 100 pounds, oh, that's pretty hard. But after a while, 100 pounds is really easy. Do I just stay at 100 pounds? Do I bring it up? I bring it up 180, 200, 250. You know, 250 pounds, that's a hard weight. But I'm pushing because I want, I want it to be hard because I want to grow and I want to get stronger. And that's the way life is. So God doesn't always just make it easy for us. And the the more mature we are, the stronger we are in him, the harder things can be sometimes because that makes us stronger. It gives us more solidity in our faith. So embrace that. Embrace the challenges. Don't be afraid of them. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias surrendered his fears. He gave them to God. He says, I'm scared of this guy, but you said go. I'm going to surrender. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humbly do what you asked me to do. So he humbled himself and he obeyed. He did what God called him to do. He moved forward in his fear and there's, there's consequences to that. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes. This is Saul's. And he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. For some days, he was at the, uh, with the disciples at Damascus. If you act on what you know, you heed. Remember, we have, we have hearing. We have honesty, we have humility, and we have heeding. Heeding is the acting on what you know, in spite of your fears, in spite of your desires, right? You hear it, you're honest with God about where you're at, but then you act, you heed. All these things are transformative, and that's what changed the life of Saul. Ananias did all these things. I, I, uh, was reading about this and thinking about what God's called me to do to come here. 
when I heard that my son was hurt. It's hard. If you see him weeping, he just received a call that his son had accident, broke his leg. A lot of things happened to him. He was on Friday, but he had a great accident that broke a certain part of his bone, the leg. Two legs. He broke teeth and what have you. So God, he just have to. God shows me that, and in my heart, I say, I want to go. And I talk to God about it. And he's called me here for a reason. And that hasn't changed. And I'm praying for Connor. I'm praying that he will be healed. I've only gotten to speak to him once. And I want to be there. But God's called me here. And that hasn't changed. And God didn't say it was going to be easy. But it's not about this world. It's not about how I feel. It's about obeying and doing what God's called me to do because I want to impact eternity. I want to change what happens in eternity. And I want to see you guys in eternity. And in this world, there will be trouble. Jesus promises that. In John chapter 16, verse 33, when he is praying for his disciples, that's how he closed his prayer. <laughs> he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. You know, when I was praying this morning, I was struggling. I didn't sleep very well last night. And I was having phone calls and communication all night too because everybody over there is awake when we're asleep in here. Um, but I had to lay down this morning and just focus on God and say, God, I want to obey you. And in the pain and in the struggle, I gained a peace. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And God grants me a peace. You know, it's just a feeling. We say that, but it's real. It's real to have a peace. Even though nothing has changed, my son is still hurt. And he's still in bed back in Montana. But I'm praying for him, and I know God is watching out over him and working on him. And so I can, I can be at peace here. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You know what? He doesn't say you might. He doesn't say, yeah, if it happens, you know, don't worry about it. He says, you will. You will have trouble here. You will have tribulation. And then he closes it out with, but take heart. I 
have overcome the world. God has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. That is what I stake my life on. That is why I am still here. I will stay here as long as God's called me here because he has overcome the world and he's given me opportunity to touch eternity and I'm looking forward to what he's gonna do through all this. I may not see it. I pray that I get to see you guys walking with him, but I may not see it all. I know several people that I've heard about afterwards, things that have happened after I've been somewhere, but I'm gonna obey anyway, whether I see it or not, because that's what God's called me to be. And that's where I get my peace and my strength. I encourage you guys, walk with the Lord. It may not be easy, but it's far better and it's worth it in eternity. I'll just lay that before you and then I want to close in prayer. Moses, do you want to throw something out? Yes, I want to just let us go in the book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Revelation. Those are things that will happen to us. It might not happen directly on, on your body, but something attached to you. You say what? You say do not be do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed the devil the devil is about to what? throw some of you into it. A lot of things will happen. Among my children, one choose to be with me, to go to church with me at a time. Every Sunday, he had to press our clothes to go. One Sunday morning, the brother called me and said, Oh, Papa, Daddy is fighting. I said, What? He had just graduated a year ago. He said, I said, What happened? Sunday morning, he started fighting. I tried to, before Monday, he was there. I think I brought a picture here that you guys saw the picture, some of you guys saw the picture. Satan can do everything to discourage people who are fully taking a uh, God business, I mean, as a responsibility. They do everything to inflict harm on us so that people will say, oh, this pe people can say, oh, the people praying. A lot of people used to say, oh, and the people say they are praying every morning, they go, every Sunday they go into church. Why is it that your son just died like that? And among my children, he was the one that chose to be with us, to obey us, to go to church with us. Every Sunday morning, he would press his mother clothes and press my, we go to church. He cut my hair. But all of a sudden, Sunday morning, I rocked out the door. A man was there. So there can be a lot of things that will happen to us as Christians. And I mean that God is not there. God is seeing everything. But he said he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to take off from that trouble. He do it for Satan to gain, Satan to feel that, oh, this man is a servant of God. Why is it that this thing happened to him? But I want you to know that God said we will suffer. We shouldn't be afraid of those things that will happen. It's a, it's a great something. He's not closer to just get to it. When you're there, you're able to be talking with somebody, but look at the distance. And he had just spent four days here to receive such a message. And you have it on your phone. 
Is that an easy something? But let us pray. With God, everything is possible. If God can make a wire to win a war, just to, to put a word, God can do anything. So let us have one minute prayer with him. So this morning, let's everybody go into, into prayer. But let's, Jefferson, you can lead us. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I believe that the Bible says prayer has no distance. And uh, in the Bible, the Bible says we should, hold, we should cast our burden onto God. Yes. Then uh, he could do everything for us. Our fellow Christians, he's really drowning. It's just like he is man. If our woman, the national crime will be here. So this movement, I want us to, we all believed that the word that will come from in our mouth, that God will work in it. Yes. Let us believe that. Amen. That God should really cancel him. And also pray for our brother that lying down up there. I believe that God, he is the doctor for all doctors. Yes. Any other thing that he's going through that God will be able to heal him. Yes. Open your mouth this morning that God will be able to touch yes. our brother this morning. Open your mouth and pray in that direction. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, came and came, we called upon you this morning. Because you said in your word, we should cut, on, we should cut our brother unto you. That you, God, you will do everything possible for us. And you said unto me for your word. We will take you faith and we follow you. We will follow us out of temptation and difficulty. But you, God, you are there for us. This is why you share your blood on the cross of Calvary on behalf of us. Father, we are not qualified, we are not faithful. We are seeing the hard mercies upon us. So, Father, this morning we are submitting our brother into your hands, not for sacrifices, but rather to heal him right now. Because you, God, you are the lighter to be holy for all lighter. Heal our brother right now. That there will be a great testimony that the world will recognize you, Jesus. You are there for us. You are our faithful Father, King of Kings. Call upon you this morning. Call him with the anointing of your Call him with the anointing. Heal him right now. Let there be healing. Let there be healing right now. Father, because you are God the Father of the Let your will be done, Heavenly Father. Take complete control. Faithful Father, you say we should get all our burden onto you. Because you love us. Father, deliver us. Deliver him. Heal him right now this morning. That there will be a great testimony. Father, heal our brother. Come on this morning. Wherever he is lying down, we need that healing him to touch him this morning. Father, touch our brother. Come on this morning. That he will rise and he will glorify you, Jesus. We know that you are God of everywhere. And you are God of all knowing. Father, we let the anointing of the Holy Spirit take complete control of his life. Whatsoever thing he is going through this morning, we call the body that Jesus to heal him this morning for us. Father, you are the Lord of God. You are God of everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Whatsoever don't be asked, O Lord, may you heal him and cover him with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. He's sick. Lord, whatsoever he asks, O Lord, it is only you that can heal him, O Lord. May he so know you. May he so know you. May he so know you, Lord. Oh, Father, that is, that is, 
I just praise you. I praise you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are God. You are God over all of creation, and you are God over my life. And uh, Lord, you are God over these men. I pray that you would uh, draw them each closer to you through this time. Lord, open our hearts to your spirit, to your leading. Allow us to honor and glorify you. I pray your blessing on Connor. Uh, and uh, heal him, Lord. Strengthen him. Draw him closer to you through this time. And Lord, I pray that you would bring him here. You would bring him here that he could uh, meet these men. And uh, just show you working in this world, Lord. Show your hand by the healing that you provide for him. Bring him here, Lord. And I pray that you would bless these men today. Allow us to honor you in what we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.